How many of you like your eyes to be open? I pray the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know. Not think, know. It's good to know something, isn't it? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you open our ears, you open our eyes, you open our understanding. And Father, we thank you for a new heart. And you said you'd put your word in our hearts and we would know you. And we thank you, Lord, for that knowing today, that kingdom knowing of what you've done for us. And we ask you, Lord, to expand today our understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we've been talking about, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, we're living by the life of another. Colossians 3 says Christ is our life, right? And he said we're living by the faith of another. Christ is our faith. Christ is all. And the eyes of our understanding need to be enlightened so we can see everything we have is in Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead body. So if I was crucified, you know, I understand this. We've been talking about this. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And, you know, we talked about this. I know I, it's, a, it's a fact that when Christ was crucified, my old man was crucified. Anybody want to argue with that? You'd have to argue with the word, right? Then why am I having so many problems sometimes? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to address a little different understanding of why we are having some problems. You know, the scripture says in Hebrews, by one offering, Jesus took care of sin forever, Right? He did. The new man doesn't have a problem with sin. How many of you know the new man does not have a problem with sin? Because that which is born of God cannot sin. Say cannot. For his seed remains in you and he cannot sin. So if there's sin going on in my body, it's definitely not of Christ. But see, Jesus came. He that sinneth, it says in, in 1 John, is of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil, which is sin. So how many of you know sin's been totally destroyed? But we need to understand what destroyed means. It means rendered inactive. It's not annihilated. How many of you know sin's alive and well? It's still in the world. It's still there. And you know that little rascal is always around to try to get a hold of us. It, it always wants to sabotage you when you least expect it. So we're going to look at where, where is this sin rooted in? And that's what we're going to talk about today. In Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, it deals with the old man, it deals with the body of sin, and it deals with sin. I want you to look at it like this. Sin is the master of the house, okay? And the old man is the steward. And the body is the body of sin. The steward, what is a steward? One who looks after the comfort of another. The old man is the one that served sin so that the body of sin, this body, would sin. I maybe know something. Your body cannot sin without a member sinning. There is no way sin can manifest without your eyes, without your ears, without your tongue, without your body, without your members. Sin has no power in you except through your members. You with me? All right. For years, your members have been trained to sin. Amen. All right, so we'll look at this. Romans 6. Let's, let's look in Romans chapter 6. Uh, 
I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, Okay, therefore, verse 4, 6, 4, We were buried with him in baptism and the death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the what? The newness of life. See, if Christ was crucified, I was crucified. Christ was buried, I was crucified. Christ was resurrected, I was resurrected to walk what? In a new and living way. All right. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this. Now what? Knowing this that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Now, that the body of sin, what is that? The body of sin might be destroyed. All right. So, uh, that henceforth we should not what? Serve sin. What's the enemy? Sin. We should not serve sin. For, in the, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Now, I want to I lay some groundwork here. Romans 6, knowing this, our old man was crucified, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be in bondage to sin. All right? When Jesus died on the cross, he took care of this. Now, I want you to think of something. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus shed his blood, according to Hebrews chapter 9, it says, how much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The blood of Jesus took care of your conscience of sin, spirit, soul, and body. All right, the cross took care of that source of sin, which was you. I mean, the old man, he took care of the old man. So the cross has twofold thing there. It had an answer to God for us so we could have a clear conscience before God. One's going upward and the other's going inward. One of them took care of the old man. See, so it had a double working in our life for our conscience and for our old man. That's working in us. After we're born again, the old man begins to be exposed. Have me experienced that. You know, we didn't know sin until the law said you shall not commit adultery. Then all of a sudden we knew what adultery is. So once we exchange the old man for the new one, then he really begins to stick up his little nasty head, doesn't he? Because he's associated with the accuser of the brethren, right? And it says here, what is the old man? It is everything that we inherited from Adam. Okay? Your old man is everything we got from Adam. Okay? But we still have a body that's prone to sin. You with me? Now, one of these days, we're going to have a brand new body. But while we're here, how many of you know, though, Jesus paid a price for us and glorify God in your spirit and your body, which is God's. This body still belongs to God. So I have no right to let what? Sin manifest in my mortal body, do I? See, it's God's body. So I want us to look at this. We're going to be talking about it. I won't get through today, but when we get one of these days, we'll get back. Okay. Our old man was crucified. It is an accomplished fact done by Jesus. For what? That the body of sin might be destroyed, which means rendered idle. It's not annihilated. He's just rendered idle as far as concerning me. He has no power over me. Right? He has no dominion over me anymore. Is that scripture? Okay. The painful influence of sin lies in the body. The root of sin is lust. It wants to ambush you. There are hidden lusts in the body. Can you understand what is, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust? Where's those lusts? In the body, in, in this body, in this members. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So see, sin is there to entice you, to pull you back in to what? To meet the needs of the body. And that's, that's part of what that thing does. 
Jesus rendered it idle. It's power of lust to dominate our... He no longer has power to dominate our bodies anymore. We have a say-so. How many of you know we have a say-so? And a lot of you know that once you've made the exchange for the new man, you see this thing coming long before it gets here now, don't you? you? You've seen the pattern before. So what do you do? You bring your body under subjection, Paul said. Lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. We have a responsibility to what? Bring your body under subjection. Don't let it do its little lustful thing it wants to do. It, you have authority over that thing now. That's what Jesus paid for, so you could have authority over that thing. All right. In Romans 6, 11, it tells us three things. It says there, fact, a purpose, and result. Co-death with Christ is a fact. Isn't that right? Reckon what Christ has already done for us. Let not, what's the word? We do have to say so here. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Do not let sin what? Reign where? In your mortal body. Do not let sin reign in your body. That's the, the charge we have. Do not let it. Say no. You've heard just say no? Just say no. That you should obey it in the lust era. What are you obeying? See? You become its servant. Christ redeemed us so we don't have to be its servant anymore. Herein lies the problem. Many believers believe in the codes that as Jesus was crucified, I was crucified with. That's a fact. But have not decided by their will to let not sin reign. God never took away your will. We have to will. We have a will to say, no, sin, you will not have a choice in my body. We know we've been crucified, but we still have to choose to let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. That you should obey it in the lust. Third, neither present your members. Now catch this. Neither present your members. And when it says members, it means your hands, means your eyes, it means your tongue, it means some other parts of your members. Still with me? Neither present your members unto sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Who's he talking to? Unbelievers here? No. Christians, do not present your members as weapons, is that word instruments. Did you catch the word weapons? It's weapons of unrighteousness. Now, let not sin reign in your members. One points to the body, the other points to the members. You got a body of sin and you got members of sin. So those members are members that you do not let do what they want to do or what they've been trained to do. Sin must have a body, and the members must have a body to express itself. Romans 6.13 says, But yield yourselves unto God as though those that are alive from God, alive from the dead. Resurrection power gives you ability to walk in the new man. For a believer to overcome all the natural passions and lust and inclinations of the body, as well as the weaknesses, he must, on the basis of his faith in Christ, his Christ faith, in co-death with Christ, exercise his will to deny sin its influence in the body and its power to express itself through his members. Say so that sounds like works. It does, doesn't it? Isn't it wonderful? Everything he's done for us, but he still left us with a will. He still left us with a will. Didn't he? And we got to choose what? To deny one? And receive the other. What did he say? Reckon yourself to be dead. Good. I reckon myself to be dead. But he didn't stop there. He said, now reckon yourself to be alive. 
Who's going to reckon myself to be alive, him or me? You have a choice. It's your choice. You've got to reckon yourself dead, but don't stop with just being dead. Reckon yourself to be alive. Because it's all by faith. It's the faith of the Son of God who loved us. When he died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. When he was raised, we were raised. When he ascended, we ascended. When he sat down, we sat down with him. Now, how does that all work? By the faith of the Son of God. He gives us all of that by faith in what he's done for us. So that reckoning process, and we go, we ain't there yet, but we'll be there in a minute. Colossians 3 says what? Mortify your members which are upon the earth. Mortify. Deaden. Put them to dead. Deaden them. Quit allowing them to function which your members are upon the earth. What is it? It's your members in your body. They've been well trained to sin. Don't shout me down. Am I preaching to myself today? See, we're wondering, what's going on here? If my old man was crucified, where's the problem? It's sin in the members. And that's what Paul said. We'll get there too. Paul said, my problem that I have is the sin in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this sin, this death? Thanks be to Christ. So what? He says. I'm going to serve Christ and my old members are going to serve whatever they want to. But they ain't going to do it through me. Paul said, I bring my body under subjection. I don't let my body tell me what it wants to do. I tell my body what it wants to do. See, there's a warfare going on there that we've got to realize. You can't just sit down, can you? You've got to resist. I think the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I think there is a resisting that has to go on. So what Paul said, O wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death. Well, thanks be to God, through Christ Jesus he took care of it. Because, you know, Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak, what? Through the flesh. God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin in the flesh, condemned in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. That what? The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Verse 10 says, If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans 6, 11, in the Message Bible, it says, Sin speaks a dead language. That means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue. You're dead to sin, alive to God. That's what Jesus did. So don't let sin. Let not sin, therefore, reign where? In your mortal body. Where's sin? Your mortal body. Okay, that's where the problem is. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Verse 13, Neither yield ye your members, what? Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. See, you have a choice there. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. Now let's go back here. Neither yield. What's that word? Stand near. Don't stand near to this thing. Neither stand near Neither yield to stand near your members. Now, your members is the body, the minds, all, all part of your body, as instruments or weapons of unrighteousness, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as weapons of righteousness. See, quit yielding your members as weapons of unrighteousness and start yielding your members as weapons of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you anymore, 
For you're not under the law, but under grace. But see, that's where the yielding comes. And as these members were trained to sin, I'm telling you, these members can be trained to be righteous. Now, we're not talking about works here. We're talking about identity. Identifying where you're at. Your identity. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right? It is. Which is God's. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. So glorify God in your what? In your body. Your members. Shall I take the members of Christ and join it to a harlot, he says in, in 1 Corinthians 6? God forbid. Do I want to take my members, that's God's, and join it to a harlot? Because it says the two shall become one. But he that's joined into the Lord is one spirit. So see, there is a, even though all of this stuff you see it, by faith you see it, but there's a walking out of this thing that we have to understand is going to be a, it's a battle. <clears throat> you know why? It says a natural man is not subject to God and it never will be. This old mind of the unredeemed mind will never be subject to God. Never, never, never. And this old corruptible nature can never be changed. There's only one answer, an in, a new incorruptible seed. And we have a mind of Christ. It's all part of the exchange life. We have a new mind, a new will, a new emotion that's been given to us. So we can walk in the what? Newness of life. It's a gift of God. But we got to see, you have a choice of yielding to one and yielding to the other. Don't let it. Do not let it reign in your mortal bodies. To obey it. To be its slave. Now, I know we'll have to say this about 70 times before we all get it, but we're starting today. We are starting today. So I can assure you when we get back from vacation, we're going to start on it again. And, and Ross says, when are we going to go on? And I say, when we get it. <laughs> right, Ross? Right. Have you heard that before? Walmart. Yeah, okay. All right, it says, God be thanked that you were, let's see, verse 14, for sin shall not have a dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Verse 17 says this, Romans six seventeen, But God be thanked that you were, say were, you were the servants. You know what that word servant is? It's slave. It's not your mentality of a little servant just serving people. You become a slave to it. You with me? Slave is that word. All right. Now look. Now listen to the word in the Greek. You ready? One who is in a permanent relationship of servitude to another. His will being altogether consumed in the will of another. Let me read it again. That you do not what? You were the slaves of sin, but you obeyed from the heart this doctrine was delivered to you. All right. A slave is one who is in a permanent relationship of servitude to another. His will being altogether consumed in the will of the other. Being then made free from sin, he no longer is your slave you become the slave of righteousness. Now catch that. When you become a new creation, your will is his will. Your will is in total submission to the will of another. You know what it does there, Steve? Pretty well leaves you out in a, altogether, doesn't it? You're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. And you know what? Steve was talking about this morning. You think that sounds like a bad thing. But when you become a slave to God, the liberty and the power and the freedom that all comes with it is unimaginable. 
We've lived too long thinking we can be in, tro- in control of our lives. Right. I'm in the middle. Satan's over here. God's over here. And I can live my life and someday I can choose. No. If you're not already chosen to walk with God, you're walking with the devil. There's no third ground. We've been deceived or redeceived. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. I'm telling you, you're either serving the devil or you're serving God. You can't serve yourself. But when you become a slave to righteousness, then the fruit of righteousness begins to come in your life. And what is righteousness, peace, and joy in the what? Holy Holy Ghost. What kind of deal is that? Okay. I thought that was pretty interesting. I wonder why they didn't put slave there instead of servants. It would have made it more important, made it look a little more important to us. It says Romans 6, it says uh, here, I speak after the man because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you've yielded your members, you've yielded what? Catch the word members. I would encourage you to write down the word members. Look up every place that says members and study all those scriptures on members. Now, there's just as many on the positive side we'll look at that we are members of what? Christ's body. Members one of another. See the positive aspect of this? But we're not looking at that right now. We're looking at the members that's causing us the most problem. All right. And he says here, For when you were in the flesh, the motions of sin were by the law did work in your members to bring forth fruit unto death. For I delight in the law of God. That's Matthew 7, 22. I mean, Romans 7, 22, he said, I delight in the law of God after the inward man, the new man, but I see another law in my members. Where is it at? He didn't say it was the old man. He said it's in his members. Because right. why did he not say it's the old man? Because the old man is what? Crucified with Christ. I see a law in my members Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which was in my what? In my members. This is Paul. So if we got a sin problem, it's not my old man, it's the sin in my members that's been trained to sin. Because sin is still around, and it's been trained in your members, and it's always setting an ambush with you for lust to draw you in. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust in his members. Lust in his members. That's why you have to bring into captivity every thought. Because how many of you know this is a member? This is a member. And it's not subject to God and it never will be. But we have the mind of Christ that is subject to God and always will be. Exchange. Okay? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. What has it done? It's made me free. Let me read it again. For the law of the spirit of life in the resurrection has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, Jesus did it. Say Jesus did. All right. So that we, what? The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. That's verse 4. What is the key? Walk in the spirit and what? You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Is that right? All right. Look with me in Colossians. We're just getting some groundwork laid today, but I want you to be meditating on this. Colossians chapter 3 says, If you be, what? Risen with Christ, set your mind on things above. Why? For you're dead and your life is hid in Christ. In Christ who is your life shall appear, then she'll also appear with him. So then it says here, let me go to chapter 3. 
All right. Verse 4 says, When Christ who is your life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify. What does that word mean, mortify? It kind of has to do with mortician, doesn't it? You think it kind of has something to do with death? Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. What's going to be mortified? Say, my members. What is my members? Your eyes, your ears, your tongue, your hands, all your members, mortify them. That word mortify means what? Here it is in the Greek. To deaden, to deprive it of its force and vigor. Mortify, to deprive it of its force and vigor. You have the choice to do that. So no, that's not who I am. That's who I was. And I don't have to do that anymore. You have a choice to make. No. You reckon yourself to be what? Dead to sin. And you reckon yourself to be alive to God. For sin shall not be your slave. And you just say no. You with me? Just say no. Pretty simple. I wish it was. Mortify your members which are upon the earth. What is those things he's talking about here in verse 5? Fornication. Let's read all these things. Uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, or that word is unbelief, disbelief. Children of disbelief. Children that don't believe. That's part of that old, old nature. And it's part of that whole thing. Mortify your members which are upon the earth. Okay? But now, let's go on down. Look at this. Verse 7 says, In which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. What's he talking about here? Such were some of you. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Such were some of you. But you've been washed. You've been clean. You've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. You've been cleansed. You're a new creation. He says here, and You walked in this way sometimes when you used to live in those. But now... You also put off these. What do you got to do? Mortify. Put it off. How many of you have ever seen spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians that's angry? I'm raising my hand. Where's that come from? Years of training my old man to be angry. You know, I, for years, I, I didn't know what it was not to be angry. Is anybody out there? I really did not know what it was like not to be angry until the exchange. I lived in anger. And I felt like I had a right to be angry. We were raised in anger when we bought. If you I had three older brothers. I tell everybody, if you you better watch out, you hit me, you better duck. <laughs> that that if somebody hits you, turn the other cheek, I never could get a handle on that. Because if you hit me, you better duck. I was trained to be angry, guys. And some of you know what I'm talking about. That old man was trained. There's other areas you got problems in. And the devil knows where your button is. But all you have to say is, no, that's not who I am. That's who I was. I don't have to be that way. When you lived in it. But now put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mind, mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds. See, the deeds is that flesh. It's that sin in the flesh is the deeds. 
the old man's been crucified. Now you've got to put off the deeds that, he was, that the old man trained you to do. All right, let's go on. Now he said, do what? Put on the new man, which is renewed or exchanged is the word, in knowledge after the image of him that created him. That word image is a strong word. It's not just a picture. It's created in righteousness and true holiness. You literally are a new creature. You are a brand new creature. Wow. Well, there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision. You see all that? And, and look down here, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Wow. And then he goes on and said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. You know, James chapter 3, he says this. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members. Come on now, listen to me. What James said, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. This ought not be so. Therewith bless we God, and therewith curse we men. And he says what? The tongue is the least member. And he says, every animal in the world has been trained, but the tongue no man can tame. It's unruly. It's full of poison. You with me? I think that's why God gives us another tongue. So we can pray in tongues. And he that prays in tongues speaks not unto man, but unto God. I think that's one of the reasons we have new tongues. So we can speak unto God with a new tongue. An exchange tongue. And he says, but the tongue can no man tame. So what does that tell you? It's unruly. It's a member. Why is it any different to the rest of our body? I'm telling you, you've got to reckon your body to be dead indeed to sin. But reckon yourself to be alive unto God. Are we talking about work here? I think we are. It just doesn't happen by osmosis. The Bible says resist the devil. I'm telling you, if you don't resist him, he ain't going to flee nowhere. Listen, we are soldiers here. Paul says we're soldiers here. What are we battling? Satan. And what is it? He that sinneth is of the devil. He that what? Sitteth. So what's the master here? Sin. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Render it inactive. See, I want to tell you something. Sin will always be active in this world. And he'll also be active in, in your members just as much as we allow him to be. But we don't have to allow him to be. You do have a choice. I do have a choice. Now, one thing about it, I do know. I can, I can let that old thing go or I can resist it. It's right to do that, and I've done both. The minute I do, I, I give in to anger or give in to some of that stuff, I know immediately what I've done. Is anybody out there? Yeah. I see those hands. But you know what? Now I don't have to stay mad for days. I'm saying days. Used to if you made me mad, right, Bob? We mad for days, maybe weeks, months, or years. We raced that way. But see, that's the old man. That's not who we are now. See, I can stop it right there when I get mad or get offended. I can stop it that quick and choose not to go there, and I don't have to put up with it for days or weeks or months or years. Because that's not who I am. That's who I was. Now I can forgive. And I can be kind one to another, tender-hearted, loving one another. God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me. But the old man has not that ability. 
That's one of my weaknesses. I'm sure you got a few. You know, when you're raised in a certain environment, you feel like if you don't protect yourself, nobody else is going to. And if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else is going to. And you build up this cursed is the man that trusts in man, Jeremiah 17, 5. You build this big old curse around yourself to where you don't trust anybody or anything. And you ain't going to let anybody hurt you or get into your life. You're going to keep the the distance so they can't touch you or hurt you. And all you've created is a big monster of self-protection that's that's under a curse. And that old thing has to die. He's been crucified. He does not have a right to live anymore. But blessed is a man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like the the tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also will not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. But the old man's not so. Jeremiah 17 says he's like a tumbleweed that's been blown by the wind. That's the difference. Trust in yourself or trust in God. So I choose God. In James chapter 4, verse 1, we go on here. From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not, hence, even from your lust, that war in your members? Catch this. Look at it real good. From whence comes all the wars and fightings among you, families? Where are they coming from? Come they not even from your lust? What is lust? It's rooted in selfishness. Lust of the eyes, that's a member. Lust of the flesh, that's a member. Pride of life, it's a member. All these lusts that war in your members. Who are they warring? In your members. It didn't say it's warring in your old man. It said it's warring in your members. He says there's strife, there's division. All this stuff's going on. He says you're carnal. You're carnal. You're fleshly. And he says, where bitter envy and strife is, there's confusion, every evil work. And he says, this wisdom does not come from above, but it's earthly, soulish, and demonic. But the wisdom from above is first peaceable, and it says it brings the fruit of righteousness. You want to know when you're an old man or when you're new? Check out the fruit around you. If you're in an environment of strife and contention and bitterness and fussing and fighting all the time, guess who you are? Satan's sitting in the living room watching TV with you. Fact? Fact. Oh. Romans, James 4, 3 says, You ask and you receive not, because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. And your members. You wonder why your prayers are not answered? Because they're selfish. They're self-centered. It's all about me. We've been raised up. It's all about me. Do yourself a favor. You only go around once in life. You owe it to yourself. We've been brainwashed with those commercials so many years. We do think it's all about me. But I want to tell you the truth is, you were crucified. You were bought with a price. When he died, you died. And now you belong to another. It is not about you anymore. And never will be. So, wow. Yeah. It's all about him. But that's where the liberty is. All about him.
Lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed to make new by putting to an end man's corrupt state. This is, let me read it to you, what this is. Renewed? To make new, I got this out of the Greek, by putting to an end man's corrupt state and establishing a new beginning in the knowledge after the image that which is not merely resembles but which is drawn drawn from the parent. It's not just an image. It is the DNA of another. You become another. Possessed of the soul, the image of his parents, of him that created him. See, our new man, it really is God. Get that. When I say you're a new man, doesn't mean you're just created like a new car or something. No. You become the very image of God. He created us in his image, his likeness. That's who you are. And the other is who you were. There's no middle ground. So reckon one to be dead and reckon the other to be what? Oh, man. That's why Paul went to so much trouble. And we'll talk about more of this later. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as those as members, as instruments of righteousness to God, for sin will not have dominion. In, in Romans chapter 12, it says, For we have many members in one body, and all the members have not the same office. Now, see, that's the body of Christ. We are members one of another. See, this members are, goes to another level. We are members one of another. I am not sufficient in myself. I may be a hand, but without the arm, I can't move. God created it that way so we would be one body. Are you with me? Well, I guess I'll get on the new members when I get back. How does that sound? Oh. So at least see what I'm doing is trying to give you a handle on what's hitting you upside the head if you've been crucified. Does this help some of you? It helped me. I've been struggling with this a long time. I said, this is not right. If I'm crucified, what's going on? Well, it's really simple. If you just read the Bible, Paul tells us exactly where the problem is. It's sin in your members. And Paul will tell you there in, in first, uh, Romans 7 where his problem was. It's sin that dwells in his members. See, this body's been trained to do something. You know what? It needs to be retrained. It needs to be retrained. Listen, because you know what? I know this body's God. Thank God for it. But one of these days, in a moment, in the twinkling of the night, the last trumpet, says the dead in Christ will rise first. And this old we shall, which are alive says we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Now, what's the word change? Exchange. The corruptible will put on incorruption. And God gives it a body after his seed. Guess what? This corruptible body is not going anywhere. I don't care what the rapture says. All of you said you're going to disappear. I got a feeling this, this old body's going to be left in a heap and then we're going to have a new one in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Because flesh and blood will not, what? Inherit the kingdom. So we make do with this members we have now in this body. But don't get too attached to it because it ain't going anywhere. And I'm going to have hair. Ross is going to have hair. We're going to have a, a body that he's prepared for us. 
And most people that's going to heaven say most people around 33. No glasses? How does that sound? 33. Woo, all skinny. Come on. I'm telling you, you can rejoice over these facts. I'm telling you what. We're not going to have to put up for eternity with what we put up here. This is a corruptible body. And it will be buried. But in that quick, we're going to have a brand new body. That quick. Isn't that good? But in the meantime, we are in a battle between good and evil. And sin is at the root of the thing trying to pull you back in, allowing your members to do those things they shouldn't be doing. But let not sin rule in your members to obey it in the lust. I guess he said, shut up. Okay, okay. (laughs) Shut up. Have a drink. Well, I don't know about you, but this has helped liberate me a little more to give me understanding of what's going on. Huh? Go ahead and...